Imagine, if you will, you wake up on Shibuya Crossing. Your hand is counting down to one hour. Then a message pops up on your phone. Reach Street 104 or face erasure. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. I am the 16-bit storyteller. And today's episode, we'll discuss one of my all-time favorite games, The World Ends With You. This game was developed by Square Enix and directed by Tetsuya Nomura of Kingdom Hearts fame. The game is infamous for its theme of trusting your partner. When Nomura originally made this game, he made sure that every aspect of the game went back to the set theme. In today's episode, we will discuss how he did so. Starting off with the story, in the game you play as a kid who believes that the world should only revolve around themselves, and that in life you can only trust oneself, and that friendships and bonds are useless and temporary. His name is Neku. One day he wakes up and should be a crossing, with no memories of who he was. He is only told that he has seven days to complete seven missions, otherwise he would face erasure. Incredibly confused as he sees the people walking around the streets, but whenever he tries interacting with them, he faces through them like a ghost. Then, as if to make matters worse, a collection of monsters used to manifest the corrupt emotions that we feel, the noise of the city if you will, show up and start attacking him. Neku tries his hardest to fight him off, but it is next to impossible. When suddenly, a random girl known as Shiki shows up. And then, like that, they team up and their powers can defeat the noise. Now throughout the story of the game, you don't just have Shiki as your partner. But every week, you end up having a new partner. Because as the story goes on, Neku starts realizing more and more the importance of partners. In the very first week, you are teamed up with a girl called Shiki. She is upbeat and happy and believes that friendship is the most important part of life. The exact opposite of Neku, and in a way, the most agreeable partner you can set in this you can have in this death game. Now, Neku, on the other hand, wants to live, and he doesn't care about Shiki's feelings, at least at first. He routinely tries to get rid of her, but she keeps coming back to him. And only when he realizes that without her, he cannot defeat the noise does he decide to join her, be it reluctantly. Although, once the story really does evolve, they end up realizing why they're on this game, around day three of the first week. You see, everyone in the Reaper's game has died in real life, and they were given a second chance to rewrite their fate. But in doing so, they must defeat the game. Play seven missions in seven days. And the first week, Neku, Neku ends up working with Shiki, as I previously stated. And, and she slowly but surely teaches him that friendship is important, and that one should team up with him. And one cannot, and one cannot be blamed. Then, when they reach the end of the first week, they believe that the game is over. Because at that point, Neku realizes that friendship is important and that we cannot live in this world alone. But then, out of nowhere, you are put back in the game for another week. 
and this time your partner isn't the kind-hearted and trusting Shiki, but a manipulative man known as Joshua, who is as aloof as he is mysterious. Neku often tries reasoning with Joshua, only for Joshua to constantly tell him that what he's doing is wrong, but never give any answers himself. If in the first week Shiki is the most agreeable partner you can have, Joshua is the worst. This shows that in life, we will not always be friends with those that we 100% agree with. But sometimes our friends can be mysterious and may not give us the answers that we seek. But they are our friends and our partners nonetheless. And as a shocking twist of fate, at the end of the second week, Joshua, the character who throughout this whole week has been insulting and mocking Neku for everything, be it his love of music, his love of graffiti, everything, ends up sacrificing himself so that Neku could win. Now, sadly, that is not where the game ends either, because you are put into a third week, where you end up teaming up with a player that you met all the way back in the first week, known as Beat. Now, B is interesting because while Shiki is the easiest person you can get along with and Joshua is the most difficult, B represents the middle ground, what most people in life will be. Sometimes you will get along with them, other times you will not. But regardless of how you sync up with them, your friendship to them still matters and you should work together. Now, the story is told in a very interesting way. Because every single day is treated as if a new chapter. At the end of the day, they are put back to sleep to begin the next day, usually in the middle of a conversation. This could, this could in a way be metaphoric for how in life, when we talk to our friends, we often end up ending our sentences. But we don't end up ending the dialogue. We see them the next day, and we start back from where we were. Yet life keeps moving on. Now, throughout the story, we end up revealing quite an interesting fact about Neku. And this is a spoiler in the event that anyone wishes to play the game. Please feel free to leave this show and come back once you have completed it. Anyways, it is revealed that Neku is a huge fan of this graffiti artist known as Cat. And then one of the characters he meets in the game, Mr. H, turns out to be said artist. He asks Neku, why do you like Cat so much? To which Neku tells him, I love Cat because he tells you you shouldn't care about what society thinks, that you should believe in yourself. And thus I take that to mean that I should only believe in myself and that the rest of society is nothing more than optional people that I can talk with, unnecessary. Now this in a way can show how often an artist's interpretation can be misinterpreted by his fans, how a positive message can become a negative one. But, Mr. H subtly drops the fact that he is Cat by telling Neku, by telling Neku an opposite message. He tells him that when you believe in oneself, it does not mean you shut off the rest of the world, but that you should believe that you can expand upon it. This is where the title ends up being dropped. He tells Neku, you are your world, you decide if it shall be big or if it shall be small. The world ends with you. Expand your horizons, live life, do not regret it. Now this can go back to the theme of trusting your partner. 
is in order for us to enjoy life, we cannot live it by ourselves. We have to realize it, that we are all connected to each other. And that by trusting in our partners, in a way, we are trusting in ourselves. We believe that we can work with them. We believe they can be a part of our world. And without giving away the ending, it is a very nice and beautiful nod. Where Neku... <laughs> well, I can't say too much, but... The title ends up switching, and it's no longer the world ends with you, but instead the world begins with you, showing that even when you are your absolute worst, you can always turn your life around and begin anew. Now with that in mind, I'm going to start discussing the gameplay of this video game. <laughs> so in the original game came out for Nintendo DS, and for those of you who are unaware, the DS has had two screens. Thus, dual screen, DS. The top screen is where most games would show the gameplay, while the bottom was necessarily treated as nothing more than a menu, and in some cases an interactive minigame. The World Ends With You though was made specifically for the DS for one key reason, and the top screen would not be your character, Neku, but instead their partner, and the bottom screen would be Neku. And you would use the stylus and the touchscreen of the DS to control Neku, while you would control the partner with the dot with the with the directional buttons located on the DS. This shows in a way they both have to fight together in order to beat the noise and beat the game. Because you cannot play the game by yourself. If you only use the touchscreen, Neku will deal half as much damage as he could with the partner working. And if you only use the partner, the noises can never be defeated. Instead, they will just be damaged, with one HP always remaining. Thus, in order to truly play the game correctly, and have a good shot of winning, getting that high score, you must play them both at the same time. You must realize that two people must work together. You must trust in your partner. And on top of that, whenever you decide to have a random encounter, Unlike most games where they have it whenever you walk. What they do in this game is, Neku puts on his headphones and he closes his eyes, hearing the voices of everyone. And if people are having negative emotions, be it a misunderstanding, anger, jealousy, noises come out of that. You select these negative emotions and you can select one at a time or every single encounter on screen at once. Doing the latter will force you into this endless barrage of waves until you defeat everyone. This shows that in life, whenever we handle one issue at a time, it can be quite easy and monotonous. But when we take on everyone's problems at once, it can be overwhelming and we might easily be defeated, resulting in all of our hard work being undone. Yet we do it nonetheless, because by doing so, we would earn more, we would help more, we will learn more. That is one key way that the gameplay ends up working perfectly with the theme of the game. Now, there is another game within the game. There is a mini game that they have known as Tin Pin Slammer. It is essentially a ripoff of Beyblade. But what makes it interesting is that in order to play the game correctly, you are always put in a co-op match where you have to use your pin to knock out your opponent's pin while your partner powers you up and depending on who your partner is 
you would get different buffs and debuffs, showing once again that you cannot live the world by yourself. You need to have a partner with you. Otherwise, you will not receive those buffs. And then when you face the harder challenges in life, you will lose over and over again. Now, one interesting fact of note is that Neku's starter weapon is a laser, which could show which means that if you wish to fight the opponents, you have to fight them at a range, staying as far away from possible. But then, as he, he gains more spells, they start becoming more melee based, showing perhaps that he is reaching closer to people's problems and taking them more hands on, if you will. Then, when you reach the end of the game, Neku's, Neku's moves become range, but not, but you no longer have to be away from the opponent. No matter where you are on screen, you can end up channeling your energy anywhere. For example, his, the final spell you learn before the final fight is a lightning bolt that you cast no matter where you are on screen. And what it does is, it traps your opponents. And the more opponents you trap, the more damage it does. Showing, once again, to trust in your partner. That being able to take on multiple people's issues at once once you've gained the experience to do so, you would seem as though you are reaching out to everyone without reaching out yourself. To help out everyone without taking a single step forward. To call upon the lightning of the gods without taking a step. Now you think that the story and the gameplay would be where the message ends. Well, that would not be the case. Because when Tsuyo Nomura wrote this game, he said every aspect of it shall go back to the theme of trusting your partner. And when I say every aspect, I do truly mean every aspect. For example, in the game, you buy items in order to, in order to boost your stats as you would in any other RPG. But here's what makes it unique. Every item has a brand. And these brands end up deciding how powerful your stats are. Whenever you wake up in a new day, you are given a chart showing what brands are popular and what brands are not. If you end up wearing a full set of the most popular brand, the damage you deal and the health you gain will be at a maximum. But, if you end up wearing a full set of the least popular brand of the day, all your equipment will practically be useless and in some cases would even hurt you. Your strength will become less, the health you gain will be less. You, you would feel as if you're wasting your time. This shows in a way that Neku isn't forced to live by his own rules. Because in most RPGs, your stats for equipment would be set. It would not change once you have it equipped. It, if you de-equip it, it will not change. You may upgrade it. But at the end of the day, it's what you do if it changes it. In this game, however, the masses end up deciding what equipment of yours is useful. Because Neku's powers are based on how he reaches out to people and how he helps them. So in a way, if he were to put on the equipment that most people like, the brand that everyone trusts, people are more willing to reach out to him, showing that Neku isn't alone, isn't alone in this world and that he needs to rely on other people in order to win. But the message also goes the other way around. Because just as you're... Because just as your stats are dictated by the masses, the masses are dictated by you. 
Let's say you were to put on the most unpopular brand of the day. You put it on, full equipment, no other brand. Your stats are incredibly worse. They're not helping you out whatsoever. In fact, they're making the game harder. So what you do is, you end up putting on your headphones and you listen to everyone's problems. And you fight against the noise that they feel in their everyday life. You end up fixing said problems. You keep repeating it over and over and over. Then suddenly, that brand that everyone hated, that everyone deemed the least favorable, suddenly becomes the outfit of the, of the one that saves them, the one that makes them feel safe. It ends up becoming more and more popular as the more and more people you help out. That unpopular brand becomes the most popular brand. And thus, you can change the masses such as the masses could change you. Going once again to the theme of trust your partner. Because just how the place that we are born and decide who we are, we can easily change where we were, we can easily change the place that we were born in by fighting back against it, by showing them that our way of thinking isn't so bad. And in a way, we can end up working together. You even have a nice little hint in the restaurants you go to to get quick HP. If you were to go to that restaurant for the first time, it would give you the base stats. But the more and more you go there, the more and more your stats increasing. And the logic behind it is that the restaurant owner recognizes your face and he ends up showing more love and care for the food that he makes you. Because you are no longer just a random kid who walked into his restaurant. You are a regular. They, uh, they is often happy to see in life. Thus, once again, trusting your partner. As he ends up accepting you to his restaurant, you gain more, more experience, more HP, and everything becomes that much more beautiful. Now, the stores were a nice, interesting touch. Now, what really makes it interesting is the music. So this is how it goes. Every song in the game. <laughs> but before I say that, fun note. The game was originally made in 2008, and Tsuyo Nomura loved the style of Japanese hip-hop culture. They decided that instead of making the game based off of fantasy or sci-fi like most RPGs, he would theme it off of street culture. Thus, all the characters wear hip-hop type gear, and most of the music is either punk rock or hip-hop in a way showing the rebellious feeling of teenagers trying to overcome society. Now, as I was saying, every song in the game is either a duet or a remix. And I'll read for this is simple. The songs are a duet show two people singing in order to make one song, that they trust in each other, that no one will mess up, and that what they will create together shall be a beautiful harmony. Now the remix brings in a similar message where every song that is a remix of an original song, they are inspired by that song. For example, one of the most popular songs in the game, Twister, tells a story of someone who's slowly going insane as he's trying to figure out how, what life means. That it's a twister of fate. They are trying their hardest to make it through, of, to make it through life. Yet yeah, it's hard, but they never give up. The song has four remixes in the original game alone not including the re-releases on the Nintendo Switch and the phones. And what makes that interesting is that each remix does a different genre of music. 
One is hip-hop, while the other is punk. Then we have a third one, which is even a calm, soothing melody. Showing that, showing that when you feel a message and you were to reach out to the world, other people would feel that same way. They would also feel like they are trapped in a twister. And doing so, wish to express your message in their own way. Because even the lyrics within the remixes changes from time to time. Showing that although we all feel the same core message, the small differences end up creating a new song. And really, it is quite beautiful. The game truly is a work of art. It tells you to trust in your partner and to never give up hope, to fight for what you feel is right. That in the world we live in, we are not isolated, but instead united together. That we should fight, we should love, we should cry, we should feel. That the world ends with us, and that we decide if it shall be a small world, where it is only us and no one else. Or, if it shall be large and powerful, the true world, if you will. And thus I hope that my message can reach out to you, be it as cluttered as they are, as you guys end up realizing that the world ends with you and you should expand your horizon. I am the 16-bit storyteller, and I hope you all enjoy my first episode. And tune in next week to see what other topics we, got, we should talk about. Until then, take care.